All right. We ready? Yep. Yeah. Talk about video <laughs> games. Yeah, now that I'm depressed. <laughs> you guys ready to have some fun? Interactive entertainment. <laughs> I miss when we were talking about collective soul. Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode number 67 and my name is Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey everybody. And John Hines. Hello, hello. And we are back again to talk about some video games as always, although it's uh, we can't really keep focused on the video games before we get started on the uh, <laughs> recording here. But 36 minutes of rolling. despair on my end. <laughs> Always a good warm up. Yeah, I just hit 38. So I got a couple extra on you, John. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> we're eventually we decided to lighten up the mood and talk a little video games. And uh, yeah, so uh, I have been playing. Actually, it's been a little while since I played this game, to be honest. And you know, on on this podcast here, we obviously love our retro games. A little bit. Uh, whenever I see like a retro inspired thing, it always kind of catches my eye. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've seen like the kind of rebirth of like the kind of NES 8-bit pixel art. And now we're kind of yeah. seeing some more like 16-bit or even like 32-bit style yeah. games coming out. Yeah. And then we've seen some Game Boy games come out that we've been hit or miss on. I know Dog or I we talked about. Yeah. Uh, that it's we were all that you and I were both pretty pumped on. Yeah. Uh, but now I've I've started to see a couple of games come out that are going for that Game Boy Color aesthetic. Yes. Uh, which is really really cool. Like I mean, it's still very Game Boy, but it's like got the washed out color palettes, kind of. And like, like heavy scan line type. Game Boy Color has a very specific look. Well, this <laughs> this doesn't at least this particular game that I'm going to talk about, which I guess I'll just say it's called Akura. It's A K U R R A. Um, and it's like a top-down puzzle game, and the reason that this game caught my eye is that it, the first game that it cited as a, like an inspiration was Chips Challenge. Yeah, uh, it's like oh, it oh, is on, and then let's go. and then they went on to mention Star Tropics, okay, Adventures of Lolo, okay, and like stuff like that. So like if you're in the you know if you're familiar with stuff like Adventures of Lolo or Hell Chips yeah. Challenge or really anything that's just kind of top-down, you know Zelda style, but boxes. more. like puzzle solving but the the thing with this game so like the demo this is a game that's not actually out yet but uh the demo of like the first island is available and it seems like there's going to be multiple islands kind of star tropic style which i know isn't the most uh well-known nintendo original nintendo game that's um, or nes game that that game's sweet (laughs) that game is amazing and even the sequel i still need to play more of that but uh, zoda's revenge that really really fun the little bit i've played of it star tropics is on uh the like uh nintendo switch online is though right yeah uh, yes i know yes. it's on I think the it is. nes classic i think it yeah, is i'm almost positive yeah that it is and if and if you haven't played it it's awesome both uh both games zoda's revenge the second game the sequel and then uh just the original star tropics and it's one of the few yep. nes games that only came out in north america yep um oh. like it was developed i think it might have even been developed in japan but for north america specifically mike jones um, I, I could i could be wrong about that but i know it definitely only came out here yep but anyways not to get too sidetracked on star tropics um this game the thing that's really cool so like a lot of those games like adventures of lolo or these top-down puzzle games are kind of single screen in nature in most cases where you're just kind of progressing through a series of challenges 
This game seems to be a little bit more open world where you're kind of you like you land on this island and then there's clearly like many paths you can take and there's many puzzles on each individual screen. Like it still does scroll one screen at a time like Zelda style, but like as you're exploring around and you can even like on the island, like I eventually unlocked like a this giant turtle mm-hmm. and like was able to ride that turtle to like smaller islands nice. and like land on other beaches and explore puzzles over there. So like it has. And then again, like because it, it is like the in these larger open settings, you are able to like really kind of like have certain keys that you have to complete a certain series of challenges. And one, one of the things that's really nice about this game too, is at least from the best, for the best of my knowledge and from what everything I saw, it's like entirely nonviolent. There's no enemies. Mm. There's nothing to kill. Like it's all puzzle solving. Yeah. Even like I got to like the top of this like mountain or like peak or something on the Island. And it seemed like there was like this boss up there, yeah. and, but it was just like chilling. I Maybe I needed to like solve a puzzle or something to activate some kind of sequence maybe (laughs) but it still seemed like whatever i needed to do there was was puzzle oriented and not like oh i got a battle yeah you you really are just pushing things around or or maybe going through a teleporter or hitting a switch or activating a certain you know there's kind of kind of obvious stuff but they're they've definitely in like i didn't entirely finish the demo but i probably played like 45 minutes i did one of those 15 minutes a game videos for the demo and i eventually was just like you know that by now, I already know I want to play this game, and I saw that it hit its uh, Kickstarter goal or whatever whatever uh, uh, stretch goal it needed to hit to uh, uh, be released on Nintendo Switch. Nice. So I believe it is going to be coming to Nintendo Switch, um, and I'm really excited for this game. Like again, I, I'm I don't really play a ton of demos, but I just digging around on Itchio, it popped up on like the homepage, and I was like, oh, free demo. Game Boy Color inspired yes, Chips sir. Challenge and Star Tropics. Yes, like, sir. Count me mm-hmm. in. I need to check this game out. And it has like a really, you know, just those quality of life improvements. Like you can hold down a button to rewind your last move that you did. Nice. And just little stuff like that. Um, and the puzzles, even in this first island, are really clever. Like I, I really appreciated how the things kind of like came together and they were layered on top of one another where you had to kind of like solve one part of the puzzle and then explore a little more on the island. Not necessarily, not necessarily find a new thing unless it was maybe a key to access another area. But like, yeah, I just really appreciated like how intricate everything was put together. It really had a lot of purpose to it. Nice. Um, and again, that Game Boy Color aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Who knew I was such a sucker for it? But <laughs> man, I we didn't I'm get enough really, Game Boy really Color games. Game Boy Color was only around for like two or three years, and I feel like it should have been longer, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was just kind of like to a little stopgap. It was between, between that and the Game Boy Advance. Like we're not quite ready. Say, so, um, well, it's 1998. We should probably have something in color for our portable system. Yeah, so. we we do have 3D <laughs> console games. Color in then, quotation marks, because even then it was like really just swapping that four color palette. Like, yeah, they they sold yes. it on that like Metroid Two, where they like actually yes. developed like specific. Uh, like palettes for that they game did. and then every other game was like mm, here's four <laughs> yeah because yeah. you had that little icon in the corner is like ooh, it's game boy color compatible put mm-hmm. it in there you're gonna get custom palette and Check then there was out. like differences between like if it was like a black cartridge or if it was like the oh, clear yeah. kind of translucent like i know they had like more features on those cartridges yeah um because some of those games did look pretty good those game boy color oh, games yeah. like link like link's awakening the dx version oh, or whatever yeah. that that game looks pretty good yeah kirby's tilt and tumble um, yeah yes pokemon trading yes. card game that was also a good game boy color game 
Uh, yeah. I don't know if I played much of that on the actual Game Boy. Yeah. Or Game Boy Color. But yeah, I, I again, I, I didn't know I really even had such like strong nostalgic feelings for the Game Boy Color. And maybe it's just because there haven't there hasn't been that like resurgence the yeah. retro revival yeah. in that field but like just seeing it in widescreen on my huge tv well not huge tv but big tv <laughs> a lot like, bigger than not that on a tiny then. little game boy screen yeah you know it was like it was really really cool and i'm really like i'm 100 am buying this game when it comes out on switch like i'm super pumped so definitely check out the demo for akura or just check out the video if you just want to maybe take a little sneak peek and dip into it uh on your own time nice but uh, but I know Randall. Uh, we skipped a week uh, since you've talked a uh, little Monster Boy action. But I know you've still been sinking some time into that serious time. So nice. Monster yeah. Boy in the Cursed I need to, Kingdom. I need to play some. Oh yeah. Oh man. So I, I talked a, a couple weeks ago about Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom and and kind kind of how you know I said I was going to keep playing it and you know I was a few hours in. I had the pig and the snake characters. You know, it's kind of a very retro uh, styled still, but beautiful looking uh, kind of Metroidvania game. Um, but I stayed hooked on this nice. game and I am so into it now. Like I am totally going to see this through. I'll say after the pig and snake, you get the frog character and the frog character just opens this game up like crazy. Yes. Uh, he it offers so many mobility options because he's like a faster upright character than the frog or the snake are. Um, you can give him like fast boots, but more importantly, in levels, you'll you as you're going through as the snake and the pig, you see these kind of like gymnastic rings that are kind of hanging around in different places. And you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. That'll probably be like for something in the future because I can't interact with them now. Mm-hmm. It's for the frog. He mm-hmm. sticks his tongue on those and then he starts swinging back and forth. Nice. A little yes. grapple hook. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I know. So like, and I'm such a big sucker for a grapple hook always yes. in any game. So I'm like, yes, give me this. So that immediately opened up like whipping around the levels in these like individual level scenes so much faster and finding all these secrets and areas that I'd already been in, which I also love. Um, and yeah, like he has his own sword and stuff too. And he's just a fun character to play as in his own right. Um, throughout this game and it just like it opened up so many possibilities to what this game is and kind of like i was saying a couple weeks ago with the pig and the snake alone there were a lot of uh like levels or these kind of single scene scenarios where you kind of have to switch between these different character capabilities where you know you, you sniff first as a pig to open up a secret switch you hit the switch you flip over to the snake so you can kind of crawl up a wall which the pig can't do to get to some area in a certain amount of time they keep compounding that with these nice. puzzles where then there's also the frog because of his ability to like grapple on those gymnastic rings and jump up in the air um he can also kind of grab things in his mouth to take to other areas um like these uh blocks that you can jump on you can kind of move them around to where you need to to get into other areas that were inaccessible to you uh so like 
it just so much opened up once that happened. And it was, I was right on the verge of that. Cause basically after every boss battle, you get one of these power orbs that allow you the next creature unlock. And I was like right on the verge of that. The last time we talked for the frog, I just hadn't got there yet. And I'm like, Oh God, like everything just opened up in this game. Like I was already a fan of it. Now I'm like, Maybe this is the best Monster Boy or Wonder Boy game. Like, wow! As I'm and that's it. that's saying something. Yeah, I'm really into it. Uh, yeah, the the clips you've been posting have all looked really cool. Like every time I see them, I'm just like, "Fuck! I gotta boot that game <laughs> yeah. up. I gotta pop it in." Yes, and I purposely have not uploaded any clips yet. I will by the time folks hear this of the frog <laughs> now too, and the lion. So I. I quickly ripped through the the frog's kind of main set of areas in the the dungeon for the frog to unlock the next uh overall gem which was for the lion and the lion can kind of do a uh wario land kind of break through the blocks move where he yes. does like a nice. charge dash which like is a shoulder super fun check too. yeah and can he can do that charge dash over the top of water like he skims across the top ooh, of water too ooh. yeah so they, and again, they, they keep like layering on these things in a puzzle way, too, where like you have to use him first to break through blocks that you couldn't with any other character. You know, you go through that area, you might sniff or something, get an unlock. Oh, you see uh, one of those rings up above that you can also do with uh, the frog. And now you need to switch to the snake, too, because there's a small hole. There's just like I love the way they put this game together. And it's still very true to what they did in those retro games. They just modernized it in a way and they made it beautiful and I'm just loving it. Yeah, the the clip that a hundred percent sold me that you posted was the one where you were fighting like a like a frog boss yeah. battle. Like the giant frog where maybe maybe you unlock the ability after this. I don't know. Yeah. But like it it like swallows you up and then there's like a little like platforming section like inside of <laughs> yep. the frog inside and you're like boss. attacking yep. its heart or something. And I was just like, oh Hell yeah, yep. this is this looks so cool. Yep. And and it forces you inside that, you know, boss inside of him to flip between a couple of different character types to get yeah. to the top, which is just Yeah, there was like a puzzle platform challenge inside of the boss, yep. which was really cool. Nice. Yep. And like on top of all of that, there are these secret power gems that you also collect because you're also getting equipment. So you're getting coins when you defeat enemies. Those coins you can use to you know, you can buy hearts to regain your health and, and, you know, the basic stuff that way. But what you really want to do is build up enough coins to buy equipment that you can equip. And certain characters can equip different equipment. And then on top of that, you get these power gems that you're finding. If you find enough secrets, you can equip power gems in your equipment for secret abilities. Um, one of which is allows you to kind of glide with your boots. So kind of like a slow float down. Um, another one, uh, that's boots. It allows you to, uh, kind of do a fast walk where, you know, that ups the speed of, uh, like your frog and lion characters, which has also been huge, uh, especially cause a lot of these puzzles are like timing based. Um, so yeah, like that adds just an extra element where you have to choose which of your power gems you want to use in which equipment that you're unlocking. And, you know, so there's just like that extra kind of meta layer that I love too. in in the equipment management stuff of this whole game. And yeah, there's just layers that keep pulling back as I'm going through it that I didn't think were going to be there as I played this. I'm like, Oh, they're just giving me another, you know, wonder boy or monster world 
type of game and that's going to be cool because it's very pretty and it's widescreen it's it's way more than that to me like i'm loving it i i am i will definitely maybe not next episode but i will follow up on this game at some point because you you've sold me a hundred percent well you didn't even have to because i already have it <laughs> but i i'm sold to actually start it up because i i need to try this game out it looks so awesome honestly it do so awesome. and and i'll i'll talk about it all over again with you i'm <laughs> very passionate about this game <laughs> awesome awesome well yeah I'll, I'll start that up soon but i gotta get to my resolution game eventually <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair fair <laughs> but but no i really want to play some monster boy but I, i'm glad you're still enjoying oh, it. oh yeah big time yeah um john i know that you have we've been kind of leaving you out of this discussion here so far that's fine so uh i know you've been spending a lot of time with a bunch of different picross games on uh, nintendo switch nice. so uh what have you been putting uh time into this week yeah the the Picross S series on Switch was recently put on sale, so I picked up all the titles that I didn't own already in that. <laughs> um, Picross is like a, six of them. Like there's, at least there's only three so oh. far I, oh, okay. on the Switch <laughs> in the right. in the specific Picross S series. Sure, sure. Because I I did look up because I wanted to see because it's these have all been kind of made in-house for nintendo they've been made by jupiter yeah um and jupiter has previously they worked on the uh mario picross and the super mario picross as well as my personal favorite of the uh uh, pokemon picross which was a free-to-play picross title on the 3ds and nice. introduced a lot of really go- like really cool interesting mechanics in terms of like hints or like strategic uh like each pokemon had like a specific ability that would like oh this one can you can use their power to uh reveal like a cross section or like Ooh. a four by four grid and the ones in pokemon Pacross were really difficult to uh because they were massive ones like you know in in picross like the beginner stages are usually five by five grids right and that's a good way to introduce you to picross as a puzzle because what it is is it's a it's a game where you are given a grid of a certain size and there are numbers given on the x and y axis and those numbers are separated and non-contiguous so if you have uh a row that says one two one there will be a single block there will be two blocks next to each other and another single block but those uh individual block like clusters will not be touching each other so there will be an indeterminate amount of space in between them and the puzzle is based on you like figuring out okay how much uh like space is actually given between those or how much like is filled in and it's it's a it's a difficult one to uh puzzle type to describe without having it in front of you right yeah like i feel like this this might not quite work and i i haven't played much picross but i kind of feel like it's like sort of i mean it's similar to sudoku kind of yes. but but with pictures instead of numbers correct numbers yeah, yeah. Um, but you are still using numbers obviously like you said already right so yeah it, it i i do think it like 
at least activates the same parts of my brain that when I, I'm solving a Sudoku, like I'm thinking mm-hmm. about space in a way or like fitting numbers or in like actual physical objects in a specific like X and Y axis. But uh, the uh, Pokemon Picross series like was what got me into it because I like really engaged me in a way that was more than just like a... I don't know, standard Picross or nonogram is what the actual puzzle is called. Um, but uh, since the uh, original, like when the Switch first came out and they were saying they were making a new Picross game for it and like Picross S came out, I was a little underwhelmed. It didn't really have, you know, uh, the same depth that some of their, you know, licensed games do because they're yeah. you know, trying to draw people in so they have a little bit flashier things like Picross S the original one was just a bare bones Picross game and it scratched an itch for me I, I enjoyed it but uh once I I picked up the rest of the games because they were on sale so far uh I picked up two which added you know a, a couple more modes where you know you have different like variable sizes within a larger picture and that was fun but it wasn't until i uh started playing picross s3 that they introduced a color mode which what like has mechanics that are i don't know i don't want to say like radically different because it's still a picross game it's not like <laughs> it's not right, doing right. something groundbreaking but right. i think the added layer of like you know thinking about things in a in color which you are typically thinking about a pacross game in terms of like positive and negative space so like when you see two numbers next to each other you think okay these are like distant but once you have like different colors in like play then you're looking at it and you're like okay well those can still technically be next to each other so then that kind of, you have to okay. separate the way that you approach the puzzle than the way that's like kind of intrinsic to you if you've played like Picross yeah. games like that sounds kind of cool yeah and very hard yeah <laughs> it's it was it was really hard to like initially play and that because i had to kind of unlearn the way that i like because i've played so many Picross games at this point right that a lot of it is second nature to me so like actively throwing a wrench in that felt really good and i really enjoyed that um but like i've always kind of been like hungry for an innovation on the Picross series because at some point you are kind of just like you know playing the same kind of puzzle over and over again it's just like Like it's almost like it feels like similar to not in gameplay or whatever but like just like doing a daily crossword puzzle or something yeah kind of that that. type of mentality of just like I'm just keeping my brain active. Right. And, and you're going, you know, not so much going through the motions, but it is, yeah, very routine. And it becomes, yeah, like, it's not like you make some image and at the end it's like, holy shit, look at this piece of art. It's just like, <laughs> oh, there's a pixel duck. was awesome. Cause I, I got, <laughs> what's that? Oh, 3Ds. Now that sounds crazy too. That sounds yeah, like it could no, get very difficult. Was like, yeah. Yeah. One of those games that really actually did innovate on. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just adding an extra dimension to it really just uh it was it was such was, a great idea wonderful was that on game. 3ds as well uh the second one was on 3ds i want to say right Picross i think so yeah 3d2 mm-hmm. something like that okay yeah, yeah sorry to put you guys on no, but, but that's exactly like uh but I've, I've always been waiting for a game to actually innovate on it like 
I remember when I first saw an ad for PictoQuest and like yeah. I, I picked it up specifically like for this podcast. I was like, oh, I will jump at the chance to play another Picross game and like talk about it on the podcast. But to be honest, like that one didn't like it was sold as like, oh, this is an RPG where, you know, enemies are going to be attacking you and you need to be filling in correct like rows and columns in order to damage enemies and that's how you would progress through a thing but like in all actuality all it really did was just add a timer to it Mm. like if the attacks and that enemies were doing to you and the attacks that you were doing to enemies was were pretty much like automatic like there wasn't much control it wasn't like you were actively participating in a battle and yeah you were given items that could you know freeze enemies and still like but even then it there i and again maybe it's just because i've played like hundreds and hundreds of picross things like i was (laughs) never in any danger i always like immediately like I was killing enemies before they even got a chance to like attack me sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. So like it was only really when I was facing bosses and even bosses weren't that difficult like I, I like but at the same time I didn't want to like I don't know like discourage people from like attempting it cuz I thought it was a really good idea and I think like you know maybe someone who hasn't played like hundreds of hours of Picross would find it to be like a compelling like wrinkle to add to the game a little more engaging yeah Yeah. right but like for me personally it was a little underwhelming but I still want more like I think it's a a really fun like system to work with and work around so actually I'm I kind of brought it up on on this podcast because I want to hold myself to it like i uh, picked up Murder by Numbers, which yes. is sort of a visual novel that incorporates Picross as the like puzzle gameplay aspect of it. And I've had I picked it up as soon as it came out, and I haven't touched it. So I think that this <laughs> sounds is like me a, a great way to you know kind of hold myself responsible and actually put some time into it. And I'm looking forward to you know playing a game that I bought with the intention of enjoying. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah Dude, that's what that's one of my favorite things since we started this podcast is like yeah holding myself accountable and like making myself play games all the time for real so, yeah. i want to hear about that game though i've been very interested in that game yeah yeah because it's got it doesn't have a little bit of like ace attorney vibes like Phoenix oh yeah. right yeah Love it. it's, it's very cross like, yeah you're, it's it's a mystery game so you're uh, in addition to i think you are solving picross puzzles to gather clues nice okay maybe even a little professor layton vibes or something nice so i'm I'm very excited for that one yeah that sounds really cool so yeah hopefully we'll hear about that soon ish (laughs) but yeah one more game and one more demo i guess that i should uh or that i wanted to mention uh before we wrapped up tonight was a game called emurom and i'm just gonna spell this out this is e-m-u-u-r-o-m okay um and this is a game i I was familiar with the pico 8 like fantasy console i was not familiar with the tic 80 fantasy console which i believe is just tiny computer is what it stands for is that the voxel based Um, one 
It, it it's all 2D. Like it, okay. it's still it feels very similar to Pico Eight, but it, it it feels more like inspired by like Commodore maybe. Okay, you know like Commodore sixty four type stuff. Like I I never grew up playing that stuff, so that's all just like a vague reference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the the reason I wanted to bring this up is not only because it's yet another demo for a game that isn't out yet, but it's also another game that's uh, to the best of my knowledge entirely nonviolent. Um, and the nice. game just starts out. It's like a giant two D metroidvania world um although the demos you know obviously a little bit smaller um and the metroid influence is heavy in the sense that you do get a scanner eventually all right that you're able to (laughs) like you're able to scan everything in the world to the point where you actually i grow more powerful each day (laughs) and you actually need to scan john not just it's not like you just get to scan the one fish that then covers all the fish of the same type you have to scan every individual (laughs) fish and every mushroom and every plant but there's like the game game has like almost no like there is a little bit of text and stuff but like it just has that sense of adventure like there's like these mushrooms that you can bounce off of and at first i was like i can't jump i can't bounce high enough off of them and i was trying to like time my jump like oh, I need to trampoline off this. And like, no, that wasn't working. That wasn't working. And like, it actually was like, I needed to fall from a higher height and like have more momentum to bounce higher off of it. So like I had to like kind of maneuver my way around and explore a little more and get like higher up. And uh, this is another game being that it is kind of made for like this fantasy retro console or whatever or platform. It is like, even though it's metroidvania it is like one screen at a time you know as you're scrolling around Mm -hmm. um but really smoothly and uh i just really i love the art style like when you use this scanner it's all 2d you know like but it like this scanner has this like yellow and red beams that shoot out of it and like they kind of like they look like they're spinning almost in 3d they look so cool that's cool and you can see just like in metroid you know you can kind of see like openings in the wall oh here's a clear like open path and here's like a, I don't know but just some of the puzzles and and whatnot like everything is very animal based and like plant life based and whatever but like there'll be like these platforming challenges where like you have to get over here, but like you'll have to either touch or scan the bird with your a bird or whatever with your scanner. And then as soon as you like activate it, it'll start flying across the screen and then you could jump on its back mm-hmm. and ride it across the screen. And you'll have to like kind of use all the different like animals and, and whatnot that are scattered throughout the level or the mushrooms that you can bounce off of. And again, there this was just like a short demo. I did another video for this one, too. Uh, but nice. probably only played like a half hour or so, didn't even finish the demo and was just kind of like, yep, I'm sold on this game. And it's just like, nice. it's got great music, like a killer, killer chiptune soundtrack. Nice. It's just one song. But Love again, it. this is a game that's still in development. I think the the developer uh, just posted a gift today. I think uh, their name is Borbware. <laughs> I'll have links in the in the episode description. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just posted like a gif of like all of the, the world development they've done over like the last uh, two months. Nice. Um, um, and it looked massive, like well beyond what anything I saw in the demo. Awesome. Um, so I'm just really excited, like just, yeah, just the way the menus pop up and you can clearly see like there's different, like basically in the demo, there's just like one biome, almost like an Akura. Like you just have that one island that you're able to access in the demo. Mm-hmm. It's like you're only able to really see this one biome, but clearly like when you scan one of these birds, it's like you found five of six in this biome but maybe there's more in a different biome like that i don't know just everything about it like it again even though i don't have like 
I never played many retro PC games at all, really, other than like Oregon Trail and stuff like that right. on, on the computer at school. Yeah. And like SimCity, maybe, and Number Munchers. Yeah. But of like, I, I don't have a ton of nostalgia for that era <laughs> on the PC, but like, this game, like, it's so good at like recreating that nostalgia that it, it like manifests itself in me, even though I don't actually have the nostalgia, you know? That's yeah. cool. Um, that means it's, it's really doing a good cool. job. Yes. Uh, this game, like I, I could not be more excited for this one. Like I nice. was, I was kind of like when I originally downloaded it, I actually didn't realize it was a demo. So like once I realized, I was like, ah, man, I'm kind of bummed. Cause like, I thought this was the game, but like also again, having seen that post today earlier from the developer, like seeing how much bigger this game has gotten since I checked it out is just like holy crap but this demo definitely gives a great feel um and leaves enough i think again based on pretty much nothing other than a tweet but like it seems like this game is going to be offered a lot more than what is just you know on display in the demo love it so i highly recommend both both akura and uh emuram i downloaded the demos for these on ichio yeah so we'll have links in the uh, episode description for those as always because i can't recommend checking these out enough um, especially if you do like, you know, there, I guess there's quite a few games these days that come out that are nonviolent, but uh, but not many where you're like in direct control of a character yeah, that is it's, not it's like killing nice enemies in some way. Yeah, it's, Definitely. Yeah, it's it's nice to see people exploring. Like, how can we make gameplay that doesn't involve whether uh, an enemy is dead or alive? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I really can't recommend both of these kind of retro fueled demos enough. So nice. Um, I think we could pretty much wrap up the uh, games talk, though, this week there. Hey, eh, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I got Canadian there for a second. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. We're just going further and further north. We went Michigan <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And now we're going to Canada. There you go. But uh, but yeah, as always, uh, you can find all uh, the links and everything at the bottom of the episode description. Uh, we're at pursuingpixels.com on the Internet. Uh, we're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Again, the links will be in the episode description along with any like supplemental stuff or anything, uh, to go along with where you can find these games or these demos, like I mentioned, or maybe, uh, the Picross games and whatnot. So anyways, I'm rambling as always, as we wrap up the outro, but, uh, thanks for listening and take care everybody. And we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. Almost fucking <laughs> no, it's good. that it's one, but charming. I'll keep it. You totally, yeah, it is charming. I'll keep it. You're right. I started talking Picross, and I was gonna start like because I I kept like mentioning, oh, you can check out the demos for the games I talked about, and then I was like, I better mention the games that those guys. Uh, John also talked like, about games. Yeah, John. John talked about Picross. I think John's playing crossword puzzles like a grandpa. <laughs> oh man, I love fucking crossword puzzles. They are fun. My, I'm terrible at them, but they're fun. The when the Chicago Reader was still a daily uh, m- newspaper, I guess, if yeah. using the loosest term of newspaper <laughs> Pub- publication. Yes, publication. Uh, when it was a daily <laughs> periodical, 